Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now coming up this week, we have noticed that the weather has certainly dropped here in Littlehampton and I'm sure it's the same across much of the country and in fact anywhere in the northern hemisphere of the globe. With that in mind, I'm starting to think that I might have to start protecting more and more of my plants. So today, I'm just going to run through what I will be doing to protect my plants. That's coming up a little bit later. First of all, let's find out the first diary section. It is Saturday, the 1st of October 2022 today, and you find me down on the allotment. It's actually been a beautiful warm morning, and I've been down here this morning because I've actually got plans for this afternoon, so my time was a little limited. But I got down here nice and early. First thing that I have to say I noticed is that the weeds and the grass, of course, have grown like mad. And... (sighs) I haven't been able to get down here during the week. It's been a bit too wet after work and it's getting dark quite early at the moment as well. So I haven't been able to get down here and tackle the weeds like I would like. And the combination of this wet but warm environment we find ourselves in at the moment is really encouraging the grass and the weeds to grow like mad. Something I've got to tackle uh, before the end of the month, before the final plot inspections that happen here. But that's not the end of the world. That's not too much of a big problem. Now, the first task that I tackled was quite a big task. As you know, last week, we managed to obtain a third greenhouse. This is a second, second-hand greenhouse, was my step-granddad's greenhouse. We dismantled it last week, and I was hoping to get it all built within the same day. Unfortunately, it didn't go to plan. But we did get it to the allotment last week and today I managed to get all the frame built. Now this was, it didn't take all that long actually, it took about two, three hours to build and it would have been quicker than that if I hadn't had a bit of a trouble at the beginning just because I didn't quite remember how it all went together so I had to keep checking on the photos to just remind myself how it went together. As I said last week, take lots of photos and it really did pay off. But the frame is now built and I've placed it on some bricks which have been drilled down and holding the frame together. My brother then brought down the glass that we had. Now we know we don't have enough glass to put and fill this into place. So I'm leaving the glass out for the moment. I'm going to be checking on Facebook Marketplace quite a lot over the next few weeks to try and get some greenhouse glass for the next to no money. Now, the reason I'm not putting the glass into place is that strong winds do come along. In fact, last night we even had some very strong winds. And if you've got a pane of glass out on a greenhouse, it can cause the glass on the greenhouse to implode and smash inwards. It's due to an atmospheric or a pressure difference causing it. It get a smaller pressure inside the greenhouse compared to the higher pressure outside. It just causes it to collapse in on itself. So I've avoided using the glass until I can put every single panel into place. Now it's going to be a bit difficult getting the glass because this glass is a different size to most usual greenhouses. So Grandad's greenhouse, for example, along the side of it, the eight foot length of it has four panes of glass to make up the length. This one will have three. So it's slightly different sizing, 
which might be a bit difficult, but we can figure that out. Now with the greenhouse built and into position and a glass nail here on the allotment, I called it a day on building that greenhouse. So I went over to my second early potato bed and harvested the last of the second early potatoes. This is a variety called acoustic, and I've got to say, I'm really impressed with what the potatoes have turned out. We filled up a whole bucket with these potatoes, but some are a really good size, almost jacket potato size. So really, really happy with those. We'll definitely grow that variety again. They have been left in the ground a little bit too long, but that's not the end of the world, and we'll see how they get on next year when we grow them as well. Added to that, we've still got the main crop potato bed to come out too. So uh, we're doing all right for potatoes this year. Now, something that I'm talking about this week is protecting our crops throughout the winter months. And here on the allotment is probably the best place to start this because it is such a problem. My allotment, like I suspect many other allotments out there, is a very exposed site and this causes problems throughout the winter. Now obviously because I am pretty low on the south coast, I do get much milder weather compared to other places in the UK. So when I say I get an exposed and harsh winter on the allotment, you probably think to yourself, you don't know a half of it and you're right. I do get it quite easy compared to many others up north. But that doesn't mean that I don't have to think about how winter might affect my allotment. One of the biggest problems that we do have is wind. When the wind picks up, it does race right through here. And any tall plants have a good chance of getting knocked over. We had some harsh winds come through on Friday night. And I'm already looking at my Jerusalem artichokes. And they have been blown over with the wind. So that just goes to show how easy these things can happen. Now to prevent the wind causing the damage, one of the easiest and safest ways that I find is to protect any tall plants by putting a little fence around them. Now this fence could be just as simple as some canes in the corner with a cheap scaffold net in to just filter out that wind. And that can be incredibly effective. Something like Brussels sprouts they need a firm stake to grow in, otherwise they suffer from wind rock. And again, that helps when it comes to the strong winds. And then of course, greenhouses, they can get battered in the wind as well, which is always a bit of a problem. And that's what I tend to try and keep hold of as much greenhouse glass that I can find being given away as I possibly can. Facebook Marketplace is great for that because then I can keep hold of it and replace it as and when necessary. And if my neighbors need some glass, I've usually got some, I can lend them as well. So wind is, as I say, the biggest problem. Another thing that I find that helps with wind is when I planned my allotment, I did take that into account. I looked around and saw where wind might come in. What natural defenses do we have? And what can I do to try and defend the wind from my plot? So around the edges of my plot, I grew my fruit bushes to act as a bit of a wind filter as well. Not completely effective, but it does work. Now with wind taken care of, we've got to think about the cold weather. Because it is exposed here, we don't have much of a microclimate like we do at home. So when the cold weather, the frost hits, it can hit here harder than we, what we get at home. 
Now, I don't really have much in the way of pots down on the allotment because they can be harder to look after down here on the allotment. They're easier to look after at home and with that microclimate. So pots don't really come into it. Everything that I grow over winter here on the plot is in the ground. And garlic, peas, broad beans, these are all being sown and growing at the moment. They can be one that need a bit of protection over winter. Now, for me, it only really affects those if we get an incredibly hard frost. So what I do to prepare, I always try and add a mulch of compost or chopped up leaves just to protect the bulbs and protect the roots a little bit better. And then I keep some fleece to hand. Now this is old netting. Very cheap to buy, easy to get hold of. And I keep that. If the weather is going to drop down really cold, I then throw that over the plants, weigh it down and hope for the best. Now we've got plants like rhubarb and asparagus. They, they do die down over the winter, but I still feel the need to protect the roots. Rhubarb is actually a pretty hardy plant and can tolerate some pretty cold temperatures. So although I still add a nice layer of compost to protect the roots a little bit, that also goes on to feed the plants and add some of that much needed nutrients into the soil. The asparagus, however, asparagus can be affected quite badly by the cold. The, the roots are incredibly delicate. So again, a nice layer of compost as a mulch, but also seaweed. I throw that over the top, but it also just protects those plants by creating a blanket in which they are protected in. So the way I see it, this all works well together. Now this is a pretty easy to look after. And like I say, because I am on the south coast, I do get some really mild weather. So I don't have to worry too much about the coldness. But what I do like to do, I do keep a track of the weather and keep an eye and see when we are likely to get a frost. So quite often you can go and find out when your first frost day is for your local area. At the moment, some people will be coming into their first frost dates, depending on where you are. But for me, ours is until the end of November, beginning of December. So we've got quite a while. And to be honest, I often find it's not until late December that we really do get a frost these days. Yeah, keep an eye on the weather. It is probably your biggest tool. And keep those fleeces available, ready to throw over the plants and protect them should the weather get cold. Right, well, that is the allotment taken care of with regards to thinking about the winter weather. I'm going to head back home and carry on with a bit more gardening. It is Sunday the 2nd of October 2022 today and when I woke up this morning it was raining hard and it had been raining hard all night and I was kept looking out the window hoping the weather was going to dry up and that I can get outside otherwise it was going to be a very unproductive day. Luckily by about midday the sun came out and it turned out to be a really hot, blazing hot day. So thankfully I held off and the weather came through for me. Now what have I done today? Now first of all I went into the patio garden and in the patio garden we've got a few of our plants that are a bit more delicate. And as you know, I cleared out greenhouse last week and moved some plants into there that I already had. But some plants I had in the patio area, which probably aren't gonna go back in this area, 
that I felt needed a bit of protection. So first of all, the Szechuan pepper plant. Now, it says it can survive down to minus 20, and if it was a bit bigger, a bit older, then it perhaps would be okay. At the moment, it's about two foot tall, so I'm not quite ready to take the chance with it. So that has gone into the greenhouse over winter. Now the kiwi berry plant, I also bought at the same time as the Szechuan pepper plant. Now again, that is supposedly able to survive down to some colder weather, but the leaves have started just to turn a little bit brown. So I, again, I figured I'm just gonna pot that in the greenhouse for a bit of protection over the winter. And then finally, my grape plant. Now I've got a couple of grape plants. One is in the ground in the vegetable patch area, and that will be absolutely fine in there. But this one produces purple grapes, which were ready. And I've picked two small grape bunches from this plant today. Very happy with those. They taste absolutely delicious. They have got quite large seeds in them, so they're not a complete and utter uh, seedless variety. But the plant itself does need a bit of protection over winter. So again, for the sake of arguments, that's gone into the greenhouse. Now, I could have done other things to protect this over the winter, of course, as we are discussing on, on this week's podcast. But I just feel when they're a little bit young, they just need that little bit of protection until they get a bit bigger. And then next year, we will look at leaving them outside and right throughout. Now, after that, I moved down into the vegetable patch area. And I've done a bit of weeding. I would like to have mown the grass. Weeds and grass at the moment are growing like mad. The weather is still quite warm when the sun comes out, but we are getting quite a bit of rain and it's creating this perfect balance where plants are just growing like mad. So what I've had to do in that area, I've just done a bit of weeding, which has gone into the compost bins, and just done a bit of tidying up. But I have noticed the butternut squash plant, the leaves are starting to get hit and starting to brown on that. So again, that is showing signs that the weather is affecting it. But what I have noticed, one of the butternut squashes was ready. So I've harvested that and I will be turning that into a really nice meal this week. Uh, after that I headed into the greenhouse which was a bit of a mistake I should have done it while it was a bit cooler because it did get a bit warm in there and I've just been pricking out some of our spinach plants our cabbage plants and just getting those into their own little plants to grow on a little bit bigger pretty much these are all destined to go outside at some point I'm just waiting for them to be a little bit bigger a little bit stronger before they can do that so everything has come together really nicely the whole garden itself is doing really really well I'm really happy with what things are doing here and more importantly we are getting a very productive period now the veggie pod, for example, is full of salad leaves. We've got butternut squashes, we've got carrots, we've got potatoes. We've got so much food coming in. It really is a great time to be in a vegetable garden. Right, because we are heading into this colder, harder weather, and we are discussing what we can do to protect our plants, I am going to go into my shed in just a moment and see what we've got to use here in the garden. So please join me in there in just a second. (laughs) 
Well, I'm in the podding shed here at home. This is a shed that I do my live show in. It's also my main gardening shed. So I've set this up with workshops to sow seeds and work on things and also where I store a lot of items. Now, because it is coming to these winter months, one thing that I have been storing in here is some of our materials for protecting our plants over the winter. In terms of plants that are actually in the ground, unlike on the allotment, I have a lot of plants in pots here at home and there's only so many that I can fit in the greenhouse. In terms of plants in the ground, I only really have rhubarb here and a few herbs that I have to worry about. And because our garden has a bit more of a microclimate, because we have fences, we have concrete paths and shed walls and the house itself, it's just a couple of degrees warmer than what I would expect on the allotment. And what this means is that plants in the ground can get away with a bit more. But I do like to add a nice mulch of well-rotted compost, well-rotted manure, chopped up leaves or grass clippings just to protect them over the winter and I just lay those over the plants once they have all died back. And any of our trees that are in the ground or our herbs, again I place that mulch around the base just to act as like a blanket around the soil and it does do a world of good. The, the good thing is as well by using compost and manure it's going to add some of that nutrients, some of that fresh compost into the soil over the winter as well. So come the spring, it's had a nice top dressing already. But my pots, this is where it gets slightly different. Many of my pots will have to be moved into the greenhouse. And that's probably the easiest way to protect them over the winter. But it's not the ideal way. The greenhouse is only so big and I do want to be working in there and doing things in there over the winter as well. So with what I've added on in the greenhouse today, I don't have much room in there at all now. Any of my other pots are outside. They're also going to need a bit of protection. So first of all, what do we do? Top dress with a bit of well-rotted compost, well-rotted manure or chopped up leaves. Something like that just to act as a blanket around the top of the soil and also add some fresh compost to that ground. It does do the plant a world of good as well, but it just acts as an extra blanket around the top of that plant. The pot itself, which contains the roots, is for me the most important area that we want to protect. So... We could use some netting or some EnviroMesh, but something that I tend to hold on to throughout the year is bubble wrap when I get hold of that. And I just wrap that around the base of the pot. Now, obviously, I don't want the, the plant covered in the bubble wrap because it's not porous. It's not going to let any of the moisture out. So just around the pot is all it needs. And I, I wrap it around and I tie it together with a bit of string. Now, the base, the very bottom of the pot where water would run out, we don't want to block that off because we still want the water to run out if it does rain. So just the sides of the pot, if you like. And then to go over the plant itself, this can get quite complicated. But the thing I tend to use is a, a material called EnviroMesh. This is a type of horticultural netting and it literally does act as a netting. I sometimes add canes to the pot so I can keep the netting off 
the plant itself if I want the plant to breathe and not be smothered by the netting and then again like the bubble wrap I just wrap it around and tie it together with some string and with this I also remember to cover the very top of a plant heat rises so if we can hold that heat in a little bit longer it does do the world of good now added to that we use hoop nets in some cases to protect our plants over the winter as well now this could be things like spinach or carrots or or potatoes even and these again just help maintain that temperature a little bit but this is what we are all checking in this garden shed today so that i can protect my plants over these winter months and make sure it's all ready right well with that it's time to get back to the gardening well, today is the 3rd of October 2022. Now, on the way home from work this evening, I managed to stop off at the allotment. The evening was quite nice, nice and bright and sunny. And I had two beds that I wanted to run the hoe through just quickly. Now, I run the hoe through one of these beds, which had nothing growing in it. And that is going to be for broad beans, which I'm hoping to sow at some point in the next couple of weeks. And then in the other bed, this was growing French beans and runner beans. And basically, the cold has got to low. So I've basically just ran the hoe through those, leaving the plants in place but basically cutting them off at the roots so that the roots will rot down in the ground and the foliage, the organic matter, will wilt down on top in that is the idea. Now later this week I'm going to be sowing some field beans into this bed when I get the chance so that that bed is being used for green manure. I'm a big lover of green manures nowadays as no doubt you know so if I'm not going to be growing vegetables in it I grow green manures so that bed will be the field beans next year that bed is going to be our potatoes so just put it into use for the time being now when i came home of course i had to cook our dinner and because we harvested the butternut squash yesterday i felt that we needed to use the butternut squash in something so i had a quick search online and i came up with a butternut squash and chickpea tagine of course the recipe will be on the website on wednesday now for this what I did was just added a bit of olive oil in a pan uh, I've got a tagine pan so this was nice and easy to use that and into that oil once it had warmed up I just added a chopped up red onion I cooked that for about 10 minutes until the onion was nice and soft and started to caramelize and then I added a couple of crushed garlic cloves a bit of grated ginger some cumin some coriander some cinnamon and some chili powder cooked that for another couple of minutes and then I added in 450 grams of butternut squash cut into chunks two carrots which I've diced one courgette which I've also diced 450 grams of our tomatoes which I've chopped up now these are tomatoes from my garden so they were used and in a tin of chickpeas now I've drained the chickpeas beforehand we have grown chickpeas before but I haven't grown them this year but um with tin chickpeas is pretty cheap to be honest then I just cooked that for about 15 minutes with the tagine lid on if you don't have a tagine on any pan with a lid will do but a tagine just adds a, a different dimension to it and then once cooked we just served that up with some couscous 
this, I've got to say, it was absolutely delicious. Nice and easy and quick meal to cook. So perfect for these evenings. Really nice to have on this, this cold autumn evening as well. And also, it produced so much of it that we've got more for another day. Obviously, just me and my wife here, we can eat about four meals out of this, I reckon. So we've done all right with the amount that we've got here today. Well, that brings us up to the end of this week's podcast. But before I carry on, we are in October now. And during October, we have a October or a Halloween logo that goes on our social media. It's not up just at the moment, but it will be going up during this next week. Now, I bring this up because we have merchandise available solely for our Halloween logo. So if you want to grab yourself a T-shirt, a mug to have on the allotment with our Halloween logo, then head to the vegroundpodcast.co.uk and click on shop to find out more about that. I've got to say, these mugs... The supplier that I've used, I've used these for a number of years and they still look as good as the day I bought them. I do test the merchandise that I sell and I use them myself because I, I believe that they should last. Right, well, that brings us up to the end of this week's podcast. Now, if you have enjoyed it, I just want to say, then please do leave us a review on your podcast service. And if you have really enjoyed it and want to become a member of our supporters club, then head to the veggrowpodcast.co.uk and hit join the supporters club too. For that, I charge £5 a month to be a member of our supporters club. And for that, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts, which get delivered to your email inbox a couple of times a week on average. But you also get a collection of seeds sent to your door every month. And these seeds can be sown that very month. We've got a lovely collection going out this month. And uh, it's a lot of fun to sow these seeds and I like to think of it that this £5 that you spend with me provides you with more than £5 worth of food in the end. Now, of course, if you've got anything you want to get in touch about, my email address is richard at veggrowuppodcast.co.uk or you can head to the website and leave a comment on the bottom of a blog post or you can leave us a voicemail as well. That always goes down well too. And of course, you can find us on social media. Just search for the Veg Grow Up Podcast. Right, well, that is it for this week. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care. (laughs) 